Well, thank you so much, choir. Great job. What a story. Well, special time of the year, and they've made that known by sharing with us this morning. As they come down, as you have your Bibles this morning, we want to look uh, back at Luke chapter 2, but we want to look at chapter 2, verse 22 through 35. Luke 22, or Luke 2, 22 through 35. And while their choir's coming down and going to their, their seat uh, in the worship center, let me just mention, I, I did mention the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. And uh, this year, uh, we don't have special envelopes that says Lottie Moon, but we're going to use our three-stream envelope, and we'll, uh, we'll share that with you in just a moment. But there are plenty of envelopes in and around, and, and we'll use those uh, uh, for our Christmas offering for international missions. If you're not prepared today, that's okay. We'll receive uh, through the end of the month. But we'll do that, and I'll give you some instructions in a few minutes. Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 35. I'm going to share a message this morning that I've just entitled, What Does Christmas Mean? What Does Christmas Mean? If you would, uh, out of respect and reverence for the Lord's Word, if you'll please stand as we look at Luke chapter 22, as we read... Uh, the inerrant, inspired, infallible Word of God. And so we'll look at chapter 2 of Luke, verse 22 through 35. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, speaking of Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it is written, parentheses, in the law of the Lord, Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. Now, what I'm about to read is sacrifices that were made especially for the poor to offer. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And, he had been and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms. So you have Simeon holding Jesus, the babe, up in his arms. And he blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. 
Yes, a, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to worship you and now to have you to speak to us through your word. Help us to realize the words that we read are just not words on printed paper, but they're the inspired, inerrant, infallible words of God. You speak unto us. Speak to our hearts today, O Lord. And then in the invitation time, draw people to you that need to be saved. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. What does Christmas mean? Oftentimes we get so caught up in the glory of the coming of the Son of God that we forget the purpose of the coming of the Son of God. The purpose of his coming was to die for our sins, to offer the body that God had prepared for him upon the altar of atonement, which is the cross. Now notice what Simeon does. Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, he said to the mother of Jesus. Now notice, he's speaking under the revelation, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 34 again. Simeon blessed them, he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon said, Behold, the child is destined for the fall, for the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. So the question is, what's the sign? What's the sign? Well, we know now the sign, it was the sign of the cross. Speaking there in verse 35, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. A sword will pierce through your own soul also, like it will do your son. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So the point is, the purpose of the coming of of the Son of God is found in the very center of the Christmas story. So what's the meaning of Christmas? What does Christmas mean? Well, if you're taking notes, I want us to first look at what is the meaning of Christmas, the meaning of the birth of Son of God to God our Father. What does Christmas mean to God? What does it mean to God the Father? John 3.16 simply says this, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, there have been theologians over the years, they would get together and they would discuss if God could suffer. If God could suffer. And many theologians probably thought that it would be impossible for God to suffer. After all, God is light, he's holy, he's joy, he's, he's perfection, so would, uh, would God be able to suffer? Well, in that description I just mentioned, in that description alone, probably I'd have to say, well, they're, they're probably right. However, if God had a heart, and he does, he has a heart, the heart of God. If God had a heart, 
If, if God was somebody, somebody, if God was a person, in spite of all the theological reasoning, I feel that God could suffer. In spite of all the theological reason, I feel that God could feel, I feel that God could hurt in his heart. Now, I want you to remember the scene there while Jesus was hanging on the cross and he cried out with agony. And he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, oh my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46. And so when the Son of God was made sin and all the sin of the earth was placed upon him, it was more than God could look upon without hurting him, without grieving him, without sorrow. And so the God of heaven turned his face away and all of a sudden the light of the universe was blacked out. It was complete darkness over the face of the earth. And there in his loneliness, as a dying sacrifice on the cross, bearing the sins of the world, our Lord cried out, My God, God, why have you forsaken me? And so the point is, this is what Christmas meant to Father God. The offering of his Son as a sacrifice for our sins. After World War II, a story goes that there was a young family walking home one night, walking home in a starlit night, and they'd been to a service. They attended a service that honored gold star mothers, mothers who had had sons to be killed or to die in battle. And as they walked along, this little boy, walking with his family, looked up to his dad and looked up in the sky, and he said, Father, I see a star up there. And the father said, Well, son, God also lost the son. And so the point is, that's the meaning of Christmas to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, the only one of his kind, son. What does Christmas mean to God? He gave his only son. What does Christmas mean to Jesus? Well, if you would, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. What does Christmas mean to Jesus? Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8. The Bible says, Who being in the form of God... Now notice that, who being in the form of God, meaning the direct image of God, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, verse 7, Philippians 2, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man, he had fingers and facial expressions and ear and ears and hair and and he had the uh, toes, legs and toes. He had the form of man coming in the likeness of man, verse 8. And being found in the appearance or fashion or form 
as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of the death, of death, even the death of the cross. So what does Christmas mean to Jesus? The incarnation of Christ simply meant that Christ would empty all of his deity. Think of that. He'd empty all of his deity. He'd bow down before the mandates of the law, the requirements of the law. And if you remember one of those requirements in Ezekiel 18, verse 4 and verse 20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And friend, listen, and when Jesus took our sins and bowed himself in the form and in the fashion of a man to die for our sins. That's what he came to do. Now, why did he die as a man? Why not die as God? Why did he die? Literally, he was God, but why did he choose to become like a man? Ask myself that question. And the answer, only answer I can find is because God doesn't have a body. God is spirit. And so Jesus, in order to make that sacrificial sacrifice, that one and only sacrifice, he had to have a body. The point is, in order for this sacrifice to be made for our sins, God must become flesh. God must have an in, must be incarnate in flesh in order to offer a sacrifice on the atoning altar, which is the cross, for our sins. Hebrews 10. Look, if you will. Hebrews 10. And we'll look at um, verses 4 through 7. And to kind of give you the picture, this is the scene in heaven when the Son of God offered himself to come and die for our sins. Notice what Hebrews 10 verse 4 says. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Jesus said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you've prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come, Jesus speaking. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. I read that. And God prepared a body for Jesus to come and die on the cross. Why did he do that? Because the Spirit came down on the cross. It had to be a body on the cross. So how did he prepare a body? He prepared a body in the womb of a virgin girl. And in that womb, God fashioned a body. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Listen to this. And the angel answered and said to her, speaking of Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. So deep in the dark of this body of Mary, hidden away in the secret parts of the Virgin Mary, God fashioned in the power of the Holy Spirit a body for his son. 
the Son of God. The scripture says, Wherefore that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And so a body prepared for him. Now to what end? For what purpose? Well, he told us a few minutes ago, for a sacrifice of sin, to make a sacrifice for our sins. He said, I've come, you've made a body, you've prepared a body for me, and Lord, I've come to do thy will, to be that sacrifice for sin. Now listen, every animal, every sacrifice that was made on the altar, beginning with the sacrifice of Abel, the first sacrifice that was offered, all the way back to Adam and Eve, that was a type. Those sacrifices were a type and a picture of the sacrifice of the body of a son of God. He was given a form. He was fashioned in the womb. He was incarnate in the flesh. He became flesh that he might be offered up as an atoning sacrifice on the cross that his blood might wash away our sins. Now in the past, when the believer in Jehovah God became conscious of their sin, he came to the sacred place where the sacrifices were offered. He came leading an animal, conscious of his sin, coming to the place to offer a sacrifice, leading an animal, carrying a lamb, leading a bullock, leading a sheep, and then he tied that sacrificial victim to one of the horns of the altar. And he knelt down beside that, let's say, sheep. Knelt down beside that sheep. And he put his hand on the head of that sheep, or bullock. Put his put his hand on the head of that sheep and then confessed, while his hand was on the head of that sheep, confessed his sins over that lamb. Why did he do that? He was identifying himself with that lamb. And then he slew the lamb. And then he took the blood that was poured out and he sacrificed that to the Lord God. Now what did that mean? What did that mean? That was a picture. That was a type of the body of the Lord in whose atoning death and by whose poured out blood our sins would be washed away. Hebrews 10, verse 5 and 7. Listen to what he says. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I've come in the volume of the book. It's written to do your will, O God. So what was God's will for Jesus? To die on the cross for our sins. And that's the meaning of Christmas. For Jesus. What's the meaning of Christmas to God? He so loved the world, he gave his son. 
What's the meaning of Christmas for Jesus? Thou preparest the body for me, and I will do your will, O God. I'll go to the cross, offer myself as the one and only sacrifice that would be needed to wash away anyone's sins. Meaning of Christmas to God, meaning of Christmas to Jesus, and real quick, the meaning of Jesus to the world. What did the meaning of Christmas to the world? What, did, what does Christmas mean to the world? Well, back in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says this. You've heard it already. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So was, Chris, was Christmas mean to God? Suffering? Well, he gave his son. What does it mean to Jesus? A body of death, the atonement. What does it mean to us? That our sins could be washed away in him. Our souls can be saved in Jesus. Fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So was it? Christmas mean to the world? What does Christmas mean to you? Stories told about a teenage boy. He was in the hospital and he wasn't expected to live. Preacher was called in to see if he could encourage the young teenager. And back then they had these oxygen tents. I remember them and they still may use them at times third world countries, maybe in our country, maybe in nurseries or whatever, in adult rooms. And uh, the young boy was in a, uh, he was under this oxygen tent. And so the preacher just went to visit him, put his head under that oxygen tent. And he said, son, I, I've been told that you're aware that you're not going to get well. That it'll just be a matter of time until uh, your life will be over. And he said, I want to read to you out of the book, out of the Bible, how a teenage boy can be saved. And so he read from Acts chapter 16. Read from Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31, when the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And verse 31, and so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. The boy said, asked the preacher, he said, Sir, is it that easy to be saved? The preacher says, it's easy for you. But it wasn't for him. It was hard for him. It meant death for him on a cross. Easy for us because he bore our sins away. Hard for him in that he carried them in his own body on a tree. And he paid the penalty for all the things that we've done wrong. And he bore the judgment of God that should have fallen on us. Easy for you, but hard for him. And so the point of Christmas, death to his son, but to us, to you, to me, to, life, to us, life, glory, joy, salvation to those 
who will trust Jesus Christ for their salvation. One of my favorite writers, and you know it by now, W.A. Criswell, he shared about a preacher who had a dream, and I'll close with this. He was preparing a sermon. He was so tired and so sleepy, and he fell asleep. And when this preacher fell asleep, he, he had this dream. Criswell tells about this dream. He said he dreamed that Jesus had not come. No Lord, no Christmas, no Savior. And in this dream, he walked through the house, and there was no Christmas tree. There was no presents. There were no Christmas lights. There was no joy. There was no gladness. And so he looked outside, walked out on the street. There was no church out, in the, out on the street with a steeple pointing people to God. So he came back. He looked in his library. No book about Jesus. Jesus hadn't come. He heard a knock at his door. In his dream, he goes to the door, and there was a young man standing there, and his mom had just died. And he came to the preacher's house just to hear some comforting words. He asked the boy to come in. And he goes over and gets a Bible, but the Bible stopped after Malachi. Was not, there was nothing in the New Testament in his Bible. It just ended at Malachi. No gospel whatsoever, the good news about Jesus. He went ahead and conducted the boy's funeral in his dream. At this funeral, there was no hope. There was no resurrection. There was no promise. All of a sudden, he wakes himself up, weeping, weeping. And what had awakened him was a church choir next door singing. And they were singing, O come, all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and adore him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And the preacher began to shout and sing. You know what it means to us? And the angel said, here's what it means to us. Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's what it means to us. But what does it mean to you? John chapter 1, I'll close with this verse. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 14. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God to those that believe on his name. That's what it means to us. The Bible says that he came and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, to them that believe on his name. He came unto his own and they said no. But as many that said yes, to them he gave the right to become his children. Here's the question. What does it mean to you? What's Christmas mean to you? Will you say yes to Jesus today? 
Will you trust him as Lord and Savior of your life? If you haven't already, would you commit your life to him? Would you ask him today to forgive you and to come into your life and save you? You say, Brother Sammy, I don't understand it all. Here's all you have to understand, that you're lost and you need a Savior. And what Christmas meant to God is that he gave his only begotten son. What Christmas meant to Jesus, he was willing to take on a body and die on the cross as a supreme sacrifice in order that you and I could go to heaven. What does it mean to us? It means that all of us, all of us, have an opportunity to go to heaven when we die if we put our faith and trust in Jesus. He didn't send the church for us to go to heaven. He didn't send Mary for us to go to heaven. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Church is important. Mary was the, the mother of Jesus. He didn't send ordinances for us to obey and go to heaven, but he sent his son for you to trust. And when you trust him, then you're able to become a child of God. Let's have a prayer together. Father, thank you for our time together. It's been great. Lord, to hear our choir sing about the birth of Jesus. The wise men going to carry gifts to Jesus. Then the last song about you being in this place. You're in this place. Your Holy Spirit's here today. And so I pray, Lord, now as, as, I, as I finish up, that you'll just go from person to person, chair to chair, and let people know that are here and that are viewing, that you came to die, that they might have eternal life. And I pray that they would not say no, but they would be the one, the few that say yes, I'll trust Jesus and him only to be my Lord and Savior. And today they'll come forth unashamedly to confess you as the Lord and Savior of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.